Pastor Ed Taylor speaking for a moment about what the Word of Knowledge is all about. The Word of Knowledge is not, does not come to you because you read a book or you heard a radio broadcast or you studied at the library or the internet or you Googled it looking for information. You didn't see a Discovery Channel show and learn some weird, bizarre truth about whales and you shared it with someone and go, whoa, the Lord's speaking to me about whales. You're the third person. That's not a word of knowledge. It's a tidbit you picked up from the Discovery Channel. The word of knowledge is something that just pops into your mind along with the prompting of the Holy Spirit to share it right then and there. And you didn't know it beforehand. You didn't even know you were going to say it. This is amazing grace. Calvary Church Colorado presents Abounding Grace, a time of Bible study and application with Pastor Ed Taylor. And currently, we're sharing a series based in 1 Corinthians. Recently, we've been talking about the manifestations of the Spirit found in chapter 12. Now, you might think of them as power tools or helps that come alongside our spiritual giftings. Today, Pastor Ed will be pointing to the word of knowledge. Maybe you've experienced it. There you are ministering to someone, and all of a sudden, a verse or thought flashes into your mind. And after you share it, you realize it's just what they needed to hear and from the Lord. It was a divine impartation of knowledge. Let's learn more about it. Earlier in his writings to the church in Corinth, notice in chapter 8, turn a few pages back in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul the apostle warned the church in Corinth. By saying in verse 1, now concerning these things offered to idols, we know that we all have, what does your Bible say? Knowledge. We all have knowledge. Some of us have more knowledge than others. Others have more knowledge than us. We all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. Paul's instructing us of the knowledge that we have, be careful with it. The more you know, the more you learn, the temptation of being puffed up with pride is right there knocking at the door. As you surround yourself with people, God brings people into your life, and he uses that knowledge in your life to help people, to bring the word of God into their lives, to encourage them, to uplift them. Be careful. Knowledge puffs up. It's love that builds up. Knowledge puffs up. It's love that strengthens and builds because in verse 2 it says if anyone thinks he knows anything that would be all of us wouldn't it does don't you doesn't that apply to you do you think you know anything and i don't mean in general i don't know anything i mean you know something you, you you understand something well if you think you know anything the bible says we know nothing yet as we ought to know because our relationship with jesus is intertwined with and through and from his word, the gaining of knowledge of the word of God. There is always that danger of becoming so book smart 
in our knowledge of the word that we begin to value knowledge above relationship. That is not the heart of God. We do not worship the Bible. We worship Jesus, the living word. And the tool and the means of his revelation of himself to us is the word. We do not value, nor should we ever value knowledge over relationship, yet it is a danger. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We love God's word. We love God and we love his word. It speaks to us. It encourages us. We learn how to study it. We learn the language. We go to websites. We have software on our computer. We can look up words. We can understand meanings. We can see sentence structures. We have commentaries. We have concordances. We want to know the word. We study the word. And it seems the more knowledge that we gain, and you may have fallen into this trap, the more knowledge that we gain, the more temptation it is to become a know-it-all. You just seem to think you know it all. And you want to make sure everybody knows that you know it all. And in case they don't know, you're going to assure them that you do know it all. There's not one bit of all that you don't know Because you study and study and study. And I have met, as I'm sure you have, people that know the word, but don't know Jesus. They seem to know every address, every scripture. They seem to have every answer. Something's lacking. There doesn't seem to be a connection with the author of the word. A lack of understanding of who wrote it why it was written. Knowledge is very, very dangerous. We don't want to be know-it-alls. We don't know it all. Yet those that major on love and relationship are able to take the knowledge that they have and just scoop it right into our lives. We want to receive from people that love. It's been said, and I believe wisely, that people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. I remember reading that for the first time in a book on how to teach. Seven Laws of the Learner. One of the greatest books and resources that God has ever used in my life on how to communicate the gospel. I remember reading it and thinking, wow. God convicted me in that season many, many years ago. He revealed to me from simple words on a page something that's probably been quoted a thousand times, but for me it was the very first time and I had to come to the conclusion that I cared more about teaching than I did about the people in front of me. I cared more about getting through my notes and making sure I had all my T's crossed and all my I's dotted, just everything in order, everything in order, taking into consideration my audience far down the list. It was a time of repentance because it's important to care about the people in your life. Because if you don't care, you're not walking in the footsteps and the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. And truly, without any offense intended, we don't really care what you know. If you don't care about me, I really don't care what you have to say. If you're just wanting to make a point and sound really smart and make the strong argument, I care more about you than what you know. 
And when you begin to care about people in the agape love of Jesus, you find you don't need to go to tact school. (laughs) Is there such a thing? No, there's not such a thing. I'm sorry. You don't have to go to tact school. God begins to give you tact out of love for the person. Not that you won't ever make a mistake tripping over your words. I'm not saying that. But all of a sudden, it's not so important that you get your point across. It's important that you connect with someone that you care about. And you're not really concerned about what they believe, about what you know when you leave. You just simply want them to know Jesus. Big difference. I believe that was a word from the Lord for some of you. That now conviction is set in your own heart because you care more about what you do for the Lord instead of the people that Jesus died for. And it's just not going to last very long. There's only so many closed doors that you've been running through that finally God is going to get your attention and open a channel of your heart so that you and I, we can become better vessels of edification. That word, don't be scared by that word. It simply means to build someone up, not tear them down. When you see that word edify or edification, it means that in your life, you are looking at others how you might build them up and make them stronger and grow them in the things of God and bring your unbelieving friends, not to a place of winning an argument, but being used by God to win a soul into the kingdom. It is a prideful thing to walk away from an argument and feel like, man, I won that. You might have. You might have won that argument just fine and lost the opportunity to speak into that person's life. You've been measuring your life by winning the argument and having everything in order and making sure. It's one thing to have everything in order, and I'm fully supportive of that. It's a whole other thing to make sure you want everyone to know and make sure that you know and they know that you have everything in order. And miss the opportunity where all they really needed to hear, if you were listening to the Spirit, all they really needed to hear is, say, you know what? Jesus loves you. And they begin to weep in front of you. They go, how, how, how does that happen all the time? How can I see that in my life? Being sensitive to the word of knowledge. The manifestation of the spirit, this word of knowledge. Back in chapter 12 now, how God wants to use you. Oh, have a heart that cares, not for knowledge, but for people. And we pick up in verse 4 again of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. We looked at that in depth last time. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. This is the second manifestation mentioned here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the definition of a word of knowledge is this. It is supernatural revelation of God given to you. A supernatural revelation of God of knowledge that you didn't learn or know beforehand. It's knowledge given to you by God in the instant, in the moment. In other words, it's not anything you could have possibly known. Not anything you could have picked up. You couldn't, it's a piece of knowledge that comes to you spiritually you couldn't even know by observation or intuition. It simply comes from God instantly, in the moment. The word of knowledge is not, does not come to you because you read a book 
or you heard a radio broadcast, or you studied at the library or the internet, or you Googled it looking for information, you didn't see a Discovery Channel show and learn some weird, bizarre truth about whales, and you shared it with someone, you go, whoa, the Lord's speaking to me about whales. You're the third person. That's not a word of knowledge. It's a tidbit you picked up from the Discovery Channel. The word of knowledge is something that just pops into your mind along with the prompting of the Holy Spirit to share it right then and there. And you didn't know it beforehand. You didn't even know you were going to say it when it came. The Spirit of God will speak through you about a significant issue in a person's life. And as you see it unfold, it just blows your mind that you spoke into their life such knowledge. Unexplainable. It doesn't sound like this. Well, I was in my devotions last week, and I think I got a... It doesn't sound like that. I was watching this show, and I just think it's... It doesn't sound like that. You couldn't have possibly have known ahead of time because God gave it to you for the instant, for the situation and the person that's before you. A word of knowledge will often show up in the midst of a needed information in a person's life. Needed information when you're ministering to someone, when someone's come to you with a need. It's a divine impartation of knowledge given concerning a person or a situation that doesn't come through the natural thought processes. The Spirit will just flash into your mind a thought, a word, a scripture, insight that there's no way in the world you could have known. The word of knowledge. It speaks directly, this word of knowledge, to that person. It could speak to them about their past. And as you're talking about their past in the context of your conversation, they say, how could you possibly, did you talk to somebody? Did you do research? Did you background check? No. The Lord just gave it to me. And by their response, you know it was spot on. It's just, whoa. You're nervous when a word of knowledge comes because it's so unusual that Often when the word of knowledge comes to a believer, they don't share it out of disobedience because they're afraid that it's just something they made up in their mind. Which is, there's an opposite side of that, and that is people try to make up the word of knowledge and they're wrong all the time. You're in your mind, you're spinning a wheel of five options. And then you share it and they go, what are you talking about? I thought it was a word of knowledge, but the wheel of fortune didn't hit this time. (laughs) The word of knowledge is more than just a profound statement. It is a profound answer from heaven given to you, spoken through your mouth. The manifestation of the word of knowledge gives us insight and assistance into the situation or the person before us. Powerful, powerful, powerful manifestation of the Spirit that comes alongside of your primary gifting in order for you to be used in a greater capacity in someone's life. Let me show you what it looks like throughout the New Testament. We see it operating in Jesus' life in John chapter 4. Would you turn there with me? And some say, well, wait a minute. Isn't Jesus fully God? Yes, and he was also fully man. And in his humanity, we see the manifestations of the Spirit come alongside of him. And here we see examples of the word of knowledge in the life of Jesus. Don't ever forget about Jesus. He is the profoundly the God-man. 100% God, 100% man. In Hebrews chapter 4, you can just jot it down in verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And in his humanity, he was a perfect human being. Very human like you and I, except with one exception, he never sinned. John chapter 4, Jesus is on the road in ministry and decides that he must go through Samaria. You Bible students know that Samaria was avoided by the Jews. The Samaritans were looked at, looked at as half-breeds to be completely avoided. You would not go through Samaria. And the Jews didn't have any dealings with the Samaritans, looked down upon them as not pure Jews. It doesn't change Jesus from going. He needed to go there. John reveals to us that he must go there. It says in verse 4, but he needed to go through Samaria. And he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, and the woman shows up to draw water. And Jesus, in verse 7, asks for a drink. She's coming for physical refreshment, but in a moment she'll be spiritually examined by Jesus. The word of knowledge is in verse 16. How would it, put yourself in Jesus' shoes just for a second. And you come, you need to go through Samaria. You're at the, wa- at the well. A woman that you don't know comes up. And what would it be for you to say in verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. How do we know it was a word of knowledge? Because the woman answers, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Immediately grabbing her attention. Immediately putting the conversation in a way where Jesus now, through this supernatural word of knowledge, can speak into her life. You can see it unfold. I remember many years ago, one of the ministries that I served in as a newer believer serving at Calvary Chapel in Downey was in the prayer room, or here would be the equivalent of our prayer team that comes up after a service. And we would take those that needed prayer. We had a room to the side of the stage, and we would minister to them, just like we minister to them up front here. There was a couple that came in, and they were in great distress, and I didn't have an answer for them. I just couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know so much so that I needed to get my pastoral overseer. I felt like a, I just felt like a failure. And I, I, I don't know what's going on with these guys. I don't know what to say. And he said, oh, no problem. He came over, said, sit down and watch. It's almost like he said, sit down and watch, son. But he didn't say that. And almost immediately, he asked them or said in a, in a way that brought it to light, you're not married, are you? And they both had rings on which is what I looked at. I'm Mr. Observer, and they have rings on. I'm ministering to a married couple. And God gave him in an instant, seconds. I was laboring with these guys for 15 minutes, and in seconds, the Holy Spirit dropped right in. Their issue was not anything we were talking about. Their issue is they were living together in sexual sin, pretending to be married. That was the essence of their sin. That was the essence of their problem. It wasn't anything else that they had said. And watching it happen before my eyes, it blew my mind. I go, how did you know that? And he shared with me just this word of knowledge. Ed, you need to pray for it when you counsel. Well, thank you very much. You're right. I should. (laughs) Give me insight, Lord. What's going on with these people? I don't have an answer. Everything that I see just doesn't. And boom, he shows up. And in seconds, he gets right to the root. That's a word of knowledge. Here, Jesus is talking to this woman. You don't know. Give me your husband. Bring your husband here. (laughs) I don't have one. 
And that began the open door to talk to her about the living water. In Luke chapter 21, if you want to turn there with me, Jesus was observing those two people giving. Luke's gospel, it's to the left, chapter 21. Jesus is looking up right there in verse 1. And he saw the rich putting gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. Again, put yourself in their shoes. They're watching the giving. And Jesus receives a word of knowledge about their giving, about the motives of their hearts, where he says, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all. How would he know that? Because of a word of knowledge of the motive of her heart. And he says, for all of these put out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty has put in all the livelihood that she has had. It was a spiritual revelation. For the immense instant, it was for discipleship for those that were with him watching. That's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed, we've been learning about the word of knowledge today. Question for you. Let's say a thought comes into our head and we're not sure it's from the Lord or just something we conjured up on our own. How can we know the difference? Well, you know, Larry, again, when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we often attribute the work of the Spirit to a thought, to something that popped into our mind, to um, information we might have gained through a movie, when often it's not that at all. It's the Spirit of God using the Word of God through the life of the believer to minister to other people. How can we know the difference? Well, there's a few things we, first of all, would want to seek out. First of all, is this Word of Knowledge, does it contradict anything in the Bible? Because God would never give a word that contradicts the scripture. You know, like, for example, somebody's in Safeway and, and you're standing there and you see them put a Snickers bar in, your, in their pocket. And then you stand there, you go, man, I think I've got a word for you. And you tell that guy, the Lord just says, go ahead and put that uh, Snicker bar in your pocket. Well, let me just say, that's not a word from the Lord because it contradicts the Bible, thou shalt not steal. And we know that if it contradicts the Bible, it's not from the Lord. Um, and one of the, that's the most important way, but I would say in a general sense, if, if a thought has popped into your mind, a scripture, uh, something that you really believe, an impression from God to share it, just share it and leave the results to God. I mean, if it doesn't contradict the scriptures, then just step out in faith and let the Lord sort it out. You don't have to understand or even know every time God is manifesting a word of knowledge through your life. Just speak forth. Saturate yourself in the word of God. Be a man, a woman of prayer. Abide in Jesus and share what you believe you're prompted to share. And let the Lord sort it out. If we would do that more often, not give it, and it's not a commentary. Don't give a commentary on the word. Don't give an explanation. Just share it. And let the Spirit of God work through you and work on the other side. He will be, if it's a word from Him, you can rest assured that He will confirm it in the hearer. So, great question. I can't wait. This study through the manifestation through the, is amazing. I love this study. It is so encouraging because we need more of the Spirit in our life, not less. Thanks, Larry. That's for sure. We need more of the Spirit in our lives. 
If you'd like to hear this message from 1 Corinthians again, go online at calvaryco.church. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. It's free, too. We picked out a wonderful book by Christopher Yuan this month. It's called Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. In it, he explores the concept of holy sexuality, both chastity as you're single and faithfulness in marriage. Whether you want to share God's truth with someone who struggles in this area or you're wrestling with questions yourself, order a copy of Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. We're making it available to those that support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Give us a call at 877-30-GRACE. That number again, 877-30-GRACE. And please remember, we are listener-supported. Simply put, that means we look to our listeners to help us with the costs of being on the radio. Well, glad you've taken time out to study 1 Corinthians with us. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor tomorrow for Abounding Grace, when we'll pick up where we left off in this very helpful and applicable epistle. This is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You laid down your life That I would be set Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.